What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Hello, this is Bishop Dr. Lawrence Wamba here in Dallas, Texas. And uh, it's my privilege to be back with you here on air and to share the Word of God with you. You know what? We've been uh, up on air for quite a while, and uh, we, you know, we had uh, some little adjustments we were making. And because of that, we had uh, been off the air, but we're back again. We're back again. And so um, it's, a, it's a pleasure for me to um, have you, beloved ones, join uh, us here on this broadcast, and join me on this broadcast. By the way, you know, I'm a, a pastor teacher. I'm uh, originally from Zambia, Africa, but uh, I'm married. My wife is from Arkansas. She's uh, American, so we blended mightily. God brought us together here in Dallas, Texas. And so we are planning to build a Bible college in Dallas, known as the Word of Life Bible College, and it's going to have about 200 students we're going to train in our initial start. And so we're thinking big and we're planning big. You know, it's important that we train men and women for the ministry because where there is no training, there will be no men or preachers or ministers of the word who are going to go into the world and do tremendous things for God. And so um, God gave me this, you know, a vision to come here in Dallas, especially after I'd been to seminary in Massachusetts, where I did my Master of Divinity degree in uh, at the Gordon Cornwall Theological Seminary. Um, I'd been to, to, to Gordon Cornwall, and then uh, uh, I've uh, been also to Nigeria. Initially, I did my Associate of Arts degree, a two-year program in Nigeria. And then uh, when I did that, because uh, I'd been working with a power company in Zambia as a manager, I had over like 30 people under me whom I uh, supervised. I, I built substations. These were 20 to 25 MVA transformer type of stations. And then God so blessed me that I worked there for almost 10 years. I rose up at a big home, a swimming pool with three cars, and my lunch was paid for. Um, and, uh, you know, I was a member of this uh, special club where only uh, top, you know, uh, company guys, including some other people, could be, could come and have a good time. But then the Lord gave me, uh, uh, you know, uh, this uh, special call to reach the world for Jesus Christ. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, I went to Nigeria, did my two years. When I came back, I started a ministry in Zambia. I had over, first we began with six people, you can imagine. From six people, we grew to about 300 members. During that time, we had started in an elder's home. After we, we began in an elder's home, the six of us, we just met one Sunday. Then the next Sunday, uh, that week, I went and I met uh, a headmistress for a secondary school. 
I asked her if we could use the secondary school hall. She allowed us. And so the six of us grew in that secondary school hall to about 250. Then God uh, impressed on me to get land for the church. So I applied for land from the city council in Luansha, Zambia, Africa. And I was, uh, you know, we were given a five-acre plot of land. You know, as a ministry, as a church, you apply, and then you have a committee sitting. They're going to look into your finances to see if you're really capable to pay for the bills and build the, 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 the and do the things you say you're going to do. And, you know, God called me, and I knew we were going to do what we are going to do because God called me. And so I sat in that meeting and convinced the panel. There are almost like 16 people there. We had the mayor in there. We had the executive district secretary. We had political figures who were in there. And uh, I represented the ministry so well, the Pentecostal Believers Church of God, the ministry that I founded. And uh, from there, we had five acres of land. I built first a Bible school and trained over 100 pastors, then followed by a church, which grew up to 300 members. And uh, during that time, I started traveling a lot. I traveled, I went all the way to Europe. I ministered a lot in London. I went to South Wales, ministered in Cardiff and uh, Port Talbot uh, with my dear friend Ernest Glaive there. Then God also opened doors for me to minister in Sweden. I went to Sweden and preached in Vagada, in Kumula, in Hene, Arlingsos, and many other cities. I was there with a dear friend of mine, Laskana, who uh, was a missionary to Zambia. We became friends. And from then on, God blessed us so much that uh, we were so, you know, enjoying together as uh, brothers. Moved on mightily by God's grace with exploits by the power of the Lord, and we were so blessed. I tell you what, God blessed the work. I traveled all the way up to Sweden, did great meetings. We saw mighty blessings pour out upon the people. Then uh, I had a travel to the Netherlands. I went there and I had crusade meetings, actually street evangelism with the Billy Graham Association, who held a big conference for itinerant evangelists there in Amsterdam. I lived in Utrecht, but we would go to Amsterdam, had meetings, and then come back to Utrecht. And then um, in the street uh, evangelism, I saw a lot of people touched by the power of God. Well, from then on, God moved me. I uh, you know, through the call of God upon my life, I invited the evangelist Richard Roberts to Zambia. We had a big meeting in Zambia, through organized with our president uh, then, who is late, President Frederick Chiluva. Uh, I, I coordinated, we linked up with the evangelist Richard Roberts, who was at that time uh, chief executive and, and president of Oral Roberts University. He's a very dear friend. We had a good meeting. He came over to Zambia. It was a fantastic meeting. He was given a presidential welcome. He stayed at the presidential lodge. And uh, I was there in company. We had a big meeting in Lusaka. Thousands of lives changed for the glory of, to the glory of God. And then he came to Mufurila. We had powerful meetings in Mufurila. It was a blessing. We had a big blast. I'm telling you, we had a great time. Well, um, uh, Richard Roberts then had LaDonna Osborne, the daughter of T.L. and Daisy Osborne. T.L. and Daisy were my very good friends in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We had, uh, I, I like those guys, man. They, they, they are people of faith. They traveled to India first and failed in ministry in that uh, they told the people, you know, that uh, Jesus heals and Jesus delivers. But when the people brought some people, I think, who were deaf or blind, but they couldn't heal them, you know, people were, like, uh, very skeptical. So you talked about this God who can heal, but uh, nothing is like happening. 
But you know what? Uh, God, by His grace, uh, moved by His Spirit. They came back to the United States in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, as I understand it, uh, uh, Dr. T. L. Osborne uh, locked himself up to seek the face of the Lord, and then the Lord uh, uh, appeared to him and gave him uh, that double anointing. He went back, and miracles be began to happen with his wife. Blind eyes were opened, the lame started walking, and mighty miracles happened. Well, I came to know of T.L. Uh, Osborne's ministry very intimately when I was in Nigeria. Uh, we, we, we had great, great time there. Then I was exposed to Merrily Hickey Ministries. I used most of Merrily Hickey tapes in our Bible school to bless our students as they were on training. I have students now who are ministers in uh, Botswana, in Africa, Zambia, South Africa, Zimbabwe, and here in the United States of America. And uh, now God you know, moved. You know, I, I really traversed and did a lot of travel here in America. I've been to you, you know, New York. I uh, was a, a guest teacher at uh, the Teen Challenge in Brooklyn, New York. I uh, helped to teach as a guest speaker. And then from then on, I moved. I was with the dear brother Lawrence, who lived in Staten Island, but at a church in Queens. I went there to minister at this Baptist church in Queens. Then there was another lady from the Caribbean countries in Queens who was a big, big ministry there. I linked up with her and uh, had a revival for almost two weeks in a church. God blessed so much. I'm telling you, we had a blast. Then I moved on. I had another dear brother from South America. He's got a, a big uh, ministry in Paxlop, he there in uh, New York. I ministered at this church. People were so blessed. There was a God touched so many lives. They were slain in the spirit. It was fantastic. Then God opened doors for me again. I went and ministered at the ministry of my pastor, who had been a pastor before, Pastor Green Perry in Zambia. He had a church. He was pastoring in Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I went. I flew there by Virgin Air and uh, landed in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and uh, took my time and uh, ministered in this church. I was there for one week. After that, I came back to New York, and then God opened further doors for me to come to Dallas. But before that time, you know, uh, before I even went to seminary in Massachusetts, I'd been crisscrossing the United States. I had partnered with the LPAC, uh, a bishop in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. We enjoined our efforts together and uh, was involved with the charismatic uh, Bible ministry with all rights ministry and also with the LPAC, with the international uh, charismatic churches. Um, there I met people like Wayne Clapp. Wayne Clapp came to Zambia. He's from North Carolina in Greensboro. I went to his church and had fellowship with the dear brother. Well, um, then I am traversed at uh, this dear lady who was a very powerful partner to me. Uh, we worked together for a long time. Karen Nelson from uh, Stockbridge, Georgia. We had a great, great time together. God opened great doors for me. I traversed. I went to St. Louis, Missouri with Ron Sutton. I had a good ministry in Crystal City with Roland Smith, uh, who introduced me to Gene Nottaker in Aeolia. We had wonderful times with Gene. Oh, they gave me love, good, nice love offerings when I ministered there. Gave me honorariums of $1,000. Many times I ministered there. When I was with Ron Sutton, we had um, meetings in restaurants where I ministered the Word of God, and we saw the power of God ah, take place. 
you know what? I've traveled and I've prayed for people. People have been healed by the power of God. God now opened the door for me when I finished seminary. In 2003, I was granted an honorary Doctor of Divinity degree by the uh, Christian Bible College of Rocky Mount in North Carolina. Uh, they, you know, granted me that honorary Doctor of Divinity degree. From then on, I, uh, God has been opening doors. I began to traverse, uh, you know, Texas. When I was in Africa, I was a member of WIGO, which stands for World Encounter Gospel Organization. Our president was Dan Keckley, and we had a lot of missionaries in this group. They took care of all our finances. They took care of uh, everything that pertained to ministry. They did my brochures. They did my newsletters. They did a lot of stuff, you know. And uh, while I was there with Dan Keckley, uh, you know, I, I had a wonderful time because their office was in Belton, Texas. So before I moved and immigrated to the United States, I would go there, you know, have ministry. I had my dear friend Gloria here in Dallas, very, very rich people. The company was in the Fortune 500, and uh, they gave me a lot of money to be with the ministry in Zambia. Gloria brought a friend uh, uh, who is uh, uh, a very, very uh, capable lady and very committed to the things of God. They began giving big money to the ministry. Um, I had uh, uh, Gloria with her husband, uh, Mark, and Teddy. Teddy and her husband, uh, uh, Jim. Uh, Jim and Teddy, they gave me $10,000 one time through their stock sales, and I had $10,000 that was uh, used in, to expand and grow the Bible College. I then uh, also had um, uh, Gloria herself. She gave me a lot of money with her husband for missions, the work in Africa. That's the money I used to be with the church and the Bible school in Africa. She gave me, at one time, she gave me $3,000. She gave me, when I was up to Tanzania to collect a card I'd ordered from Japan for the ministry in Zambia, a minibus. I couldn't pick it up because I was late, and I was, uh, they needed uh, almost $3,000 for me to get the, the thing done. Gloria moved in and gave me $3,000 towards that work. Uh, I had a blessed time in Africa coming up to the United States, but then God opened this door here in Dallas, Texas. I've been to churches uh, pastored by Pastor uh, Ricky Rush in South Dallas. I've been to ministries uh, by uh, uh, Eddie Young, uh, Fellowship Church, attended their ministry there. I uh, was here in the city with Pastor John and many other dear brothers. But God, you know, has called me to open up a Bible college here in Dallas, Texas, called and uh, known as the Word of Life Bible College. Uh, I'm a pastor teacher with my wife, Tarina. We are working hard to get this word of the Lord going here in the United States. Well, um, the Bible school, we are just at the very beginning, a foundational level of it. That's why we're asking for help. We're asking for donations. We're asking for contributions. If God has you know, touched your heart and you want to bless me,
at outlook.com or you can send to bishopwamba at outlook.com. I'll get the email and indicate in the email that you want to help us build and establish the work of the Lord here in Dallas, Texas. You know what? It's, a, it's an encouraging thing when I see lives of people touched. I'm, I'm telling you, I've hold, held crusades. I had dear friends of mine come here from Dallas, actually not from, from Linden, Texas. We had Dr. Christine Edwards. She brought a team from Linden. Uh, my dear brother Boyd and uh, a, a, a pastor friend of theirs, they were partners and started the ministry in Linden. They came over to Zambia. I held crusades in Mekonfo. It was a killing. When uh, when club came, I put him up on television. See, because I used to broadcast on radio and television in Zambia. I was on Radio 2, where I did the hour, what I call the hour of breakthrough. So I was on Radio 2 in Zambia and broadcast to some potential audience of 2.5 million people. Because, you see, our broadcast spilled over into Zimbabwe, Botswana, Malawi, Tanzania, and Namibia, because they got a very strong signal. Then I was also on Radio Christian Voice, a radio station established by a British uh, Christian who had moved from Britain, as God had told him to establish a radio station in Africa. And they found a spot in Zambia, and there in Lusaka, in the outskirts of Lusaka, by the farms there, they had a big plot of land, and they built a powerful radio station called the Radio Christian Voice. And I would be there, I ministered every Saturday, preached for one hour, I thought. And then also, you know, on uh, television, I started the Hour of Breakthrough on Television Zambia. And it was broadcast every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the morning. The breakthrough, which I had with Radio 2, the radio station, was uh, transmitted and broadcast every Saturday, also at 11 a.m. in the morning. For 30 minutes I was on radio and 30 minutes I was on television. See, now we are here. In Dallas, the United States of America, God called me in 1980 and told me, my son, I'm sending you to the United States to start a ministry that is going to bless the world, and especially the third world nations in Africa. Um, we are embarked at helping the orphans of Zambia. We are embarked in educating the children of Africa who have got no parents, who've got no means to sustain themselves in, in matters of education. I am believing God for financing to come in, which can help us complete the projects I started in Zambia. You know, I started a Bible school. I finished it and built it. I started a church sitting over 500 members. I did the foundation, did the roofing, and it's complete. My children are there in Zambia working to get the work of the Lord running. I got son-in-laws who are there, who have been working there with with daughters as elders and leaders of the ministry, and uh, the church is complete. Now, I'm building missionary residences so we can have teachers to teach at our Zambia Bible College, and I'm also, uh, you know, working here hard to have teachers, pastors trained in this country, and then we send some to Zambia. So initially we need something like $50,000 to get the Bible school going. Why so much fifty? So much money? Well, you might look like so much money when I say $50,000, but you know what? Firstly, we're going to rent the premises where we're going to have the meetings. We have to rent the premises. 
we're going to rent the buildings which we're going to use. Number two, we need to furnish the buildings with the office equipment, the type of, you know, computers, you know, desktops. We've got to, you know, furnish the school with the proper screens, and projectors to do the teachings as we do graphics and all that stuff. Then we're going to have uh, uh, office equipment for the office of the president, myself, the secretary, and for the professors. We're going to have an office where they can come and sit and you know, do their work. Then we need an office for the registrar of the university. Then we need uh, an office for my secretary. Uh, and so it's, it's a big project. When you go into that and when you look at the office equipment, how much the office equipment costs, you look at the computers. And then initially we got to build up a library for the Bible College. I get my my books, uh, mass books, you know, uh, in bulk from uh, the Christian distributors uh, there in uh, Massachusetts. And we are going to work on that and build a library. It costs money. I just ordered some books which cost me $33. But, you know, these are like the, the book of, the, you know, the exegesis of the Book of Romans. Uh, by Barnhouse, and uh, many other books. I've been doing the Bonhoeffer studies and all that. Then there's systematic theology books. I myself am a professor of systematic theology, which subject I'll teach at the Bible College, and we shall get other professors to help us in this uh, great work that uh, God has given us here in Dallas. So, you know, it's a tremendous work. It's a work that needs diligence. It's a work that needs commitment. It's a work that needs uh, 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 a lot of prayer. And, you know, you are part and parcel of what God has planned for this city. I know I have invited people in this city. I've invited friends in this city to join us in this vision. And I know that we're going to do it. So I'm uh, uh, a trained pastor, an experienced man of God who has traversed this world, traveled extensively and experienced uh, firsthand the power of God in ministry. And so today, dear ones, uh, I'd like to get into some teaching. So from there, we can see where God is going to lead us. Well, today, I'd like us to look at what I say of, uh, entitled, Walking in the Power of Faith for Miracles. Stay with me. Walking in the Power of Faith. Faith for miracles. Now, I've, I've taken my text from uh, the book of Hebrews and chapter number 11, and I'm reading from verse number 1. Here is the word of the Lord. I read from uh, the King James Version of the Bible. The Bible reads, verse 1 of Hebrews 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Faith, we understand that the worlds were formed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, 
Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe the is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Now, this particular scripture, here in the book of Hebrews, you know, theologians have, over the years have concluded and agreed that uh, this particular uh, book was written by the Apostle Paul. So actually, Paul is the one who penned this particular book. You know, Hebrews 11 is a chapter of faith. And like for us who have embarked to walk by faith, they come to Dallas here to build this Bible school and then a church, the Word of Life Bible Church Fellowship International. That's the name of the ministry. You know, we have come believing God that God is going to see us through. God is going to open doors. God is going to bring people to this ministry who are going to join us in faith to build the work of God, to build the Bible school, and to get the ministry running. But then you see what the scripture says here in verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The first thing we see from this scripture, it says, Now faith is. When is faith? Faith is now. Faith is not tomorrow. Faith is not yesterday. Faith is now. Now faith is. Now, see, when you're talking of faith, faith brings the future into the now. You see, we operate by looking at things that we are believing for and say, look, like we are looking at the Bible school here. We are building it by faith. So, we have that anticipation of our Bible school being done and complete. You see, we have the hope, a strong hope, that the things that God has promised us are going to be done. So hope is future. See what I'm saying? If we say, I hope to go to Lusaka, I hope to go to London, hope is future. But when you say, I am going to London, that's now. That's now. Faith has brought your hope into the now. Faith brings life to the things that you hope for. Things that are future, things that are invisible, things that are not tangible, are made tangible by the power of faith. So faith operates in the now. It's not tomorrow. It's not next year. Or what. Hope is the thing that looks into the future. We hope that we shall do this and that. But faith brings the future into the now. See? For the Bible says very clearly, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, our Bible school, since God gave me the vision, I can see the Bible school. I can see the students. I can see myself in the office. I can see those computers. I can see students sitting in the class. I can see the professors and everything. 
I can see the ministry vehicles lined up outside our offices. That's future. When I open my eyes, I can't see them physically because they have not yet been materialized. They have not materialized. They have not been manifested. So, in a sense, the things I'm saying are for our Word of Life Bible College here in Dallas. They are future, see. They are invisible. But my faith has got to bring them into the now. So, in a sense, when you operate by faith, faith means you are claiming those things that be not as though they are. You see, I start calling the Bible school like it's here. I start speaking about the professors like they are here. I start talking about the students like I hear. I start talking about the things that we're going to have, the computers and the cars, like they are here. Faith calls those things that be not as though they are. So I begin calling the things that are not as though they are. I'll start speaking with boldness that we have the Word of Life Bible School scheduled to open here in Dallas when it's in the process of being done. So the power of faith brings hope into reality. You see, faith causes the things you believe. Faith causes the invisible to have substance. For it says now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is future. Hope is invisible. But when you mix your hope with faith, you give tangibility to what you're calling in from the spirit world. And so this is what Paul is talking about here. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. You see, you can only obtain a good report from God when you walk by faith. Because the Bible said, as we're going to read here, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to to please God. For he that cometh to him must believe that he is, number one, number two, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. For, you see, says, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. See, things which are seen, what are things that are seen? The trees, the rivers, the waters, the mountains, they were not, they, 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 they are not made from things that, you know, we see. You see, they were made from things that we can't see with our eyes. That's what the Bible is telling us here. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen we are not made of things which do appear. What means things which do appear? That means this world was not made out of the things that we can see with our naked eye. The world was created and made out of the things that are invisible that we cannot see with our naked eye. They are in the spirit world. God spoke forth the world out of the spirit world into the physical world. And, you know, we human beings, we are created in the image of God. And that image of God is spirit image. So just like God created the worlds by the spirit and by his spoken word, we also use the same means of creation. We speak things that are not as though they were, and they will be created by our spoken word. 
We speak life to the Word of Life Bible College here in Dallas and command it to be. We say, Bible College, be. And guess what? It's going to be. We speak life to the uh, projects that we have. We speak life to them. We say, computers, come. And guess what? Computers are going to come. Whatsoever we command, whatsoever we say, whatsoever we speak forth by faith, it's going to manifest itself because that's the way it operates. You see, in our words, when we speak especially the words of Scripture, the words of God, there is a creative power within those words that cause things to happen. See, as we call in the Bible school, God will start to speak to people. God will start to uh, 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 speak to people to give to this ministry. We have had a wonderful lady in our city here of Dallas who gave to our ministry, you know, things to send to the missionaries out in Africa. We have had here in this city people who have been very committed, and they tell me, Bishop Mwamba, I want to be part and parcel of your vision. I want to be there. I want to help. You know, in giving, I want to help in winning people to the Lord. So we see all these people are ready to help us. They are ready to work with us. They are ready to move on by faith with us. That's what it takes. It takes people of commitment to see things happen here in the earth. And so here the Apostle Paul is saying very clearly that faith, he says that, Verse number four. Let's read the verse number four. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. So here we find Abel gave a good sacrifice by faith. How did he do it? He did it because, you know, the sacrifice that Abel gave, he, came, he, he, he was a man who tended, he was a husbandman. He was a, 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 a man like a farmer who had poetry, who went out and uh, uh, had cattle. He had uh, a, a poetry, uh, as I said, and then he also had uh, flocks of animals. And when time came for him to praise God and to thank him, he took of his animals and killed it and sacrificed to the Lord. See, when the animal died, there was a shedding of blood. It was a price because he took his precious animal and sacrificed it to the Lord. But Cain, on the other hand, he, he grew vegetables. He was a farmer. He never dealt in animals or stuff like that. But he mainly knows that he grew vegetables. This man, he took some vegetables and gave us a sacrifice to God. You see, God rejected his sacrifice and blessed the sacrifice of uh, Abel. The reason being, usually, when there is no shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. God was trying to say, for a sacrifice to be acceptable by me, it must cost you something. When you just take a bunch of vegetables and, you know, <laughs> give them to God, there is no... Uh, 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 validity or value from the things you're, you're sacrificing. There is no shedding of blood in a sense. See, even with things of ministry, see, when I I obeyed the call of God, I used to uh, be, um, work, 
I, I was working for a, a company, prominent company. I was a manager of a power station. I was in a very high position in the company. But you see, when God called me, I had to quit. The very fact that I quit, that was the price I paid. If you're going to see the blessings come upon whatever you do, you must sacrifice something. You must sacrifice something. It must cost you something. I think it was uh, David who said, you know what? I won't take anything from anybody. Somebody was giving him a piece of land. He said, no, I'm going to give you money for it. I'm not going to take anything for free. No, I think it was Abraham. He says, you know, because you, you might say that uh, uh, I gave this to Abraham. You know, God is the one who has blessed me, and I'm not going to take anything for nothing. He gave his money. He paid for whatever he got. So what I'm saying is that if something, what you're doing for the Lord doesn't cost you, let me tell you what, you won't see much of a, a, a good return out of it. But when it costs you, it costs you time, it costs you your energy, it costs you your career sometimes. You know, like, I, I don't work anymore as an, electric, an electrician, the job I used to do and I liked for 10 years. Now I'm a pastor, I'm a bishop, you know, I'm a teacher, I teach on radio. I do some work right now. I'm working, but not at the very level I was at. It's just to keep me running so that I can eventually become totally dependent on the ministry. You know, these things take time. You go through a process. I've been in full-time ministry when I came from Nigeria in 1984 until the year 2000. How many years is that? That's a long time. Because from 1984, 85, 1985 to 1990, it's five years, right? The 1990 to the year 2000 is 10 years. So for 15 years, I worked full-time as a minister of the gospel, full-time. And guess what? I worked full-time, and I wasn't dependent on anybody paying me, but God paid me. I, I live by faith. I believe that God will see me through. See, then from 2000, to this time, I've been, you know, I went to Bible school, went to seminary, and now here in Dallas, Texas. Then I just started the, a job to keep me running, and I'll get back into full-time ministry again. Also, beloved one, we cannot achieve anything without faith. The buildings I built in Zambia, they were all by faith. I had to believe God. I cried to Him day and night. Guess what? I fasted long times, long periods of time. I fasted. I fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. I fasted for over 60 days. I fasted for half a year. I even fasted for a year. You say, whoa, how can you fast for a year and survive? I'm not talking of a fasting whereby you don't have water completely. No, I'm talking of a fast whereby I was drinking some water, having some juice, but not eating any solid, heavy foods. Just some juice and some little vegetable here, very light meal. Not really a meal, just very light, like things like porridge. And I, I did, in fact, I ate bread and tea, at bread and tea for the whole year, just lived on bread and tea. I lost so much weight. I looked like a skeleton running around. But then there were powerful dividends and returns. The anointing was so tremendous. The power of God was so great. Things happen 
you know, God gave us property. The anointing was so great that people came from different parts of the city of Russia, some from other towns, came to join my church and come for the services on Sunday. It's going to happen here too. People are going to come from far and near to come and listen to me share the word of God because I have the word and have the anointing of the spirit of the Lord which the Lord imparted upon my life. I was born to preach. God separated me from my mother's womb to be a prophet to the nations. So I'm a bishop. I preside over the Word of Life Bible Church Fellowship International here in America and also the Pentecostal Believers Church of God, Zambia. And so, beloved one, this is faith. It's talking about faith right here. See? Now, look at what the Bible says again. If we look further there in verse number 5, it says, By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Can you imagine the whole of Enoch, his life? This man disappeared. Can you imagine? Disappeared. He was not for God took him. What happened? God took him because of faith. He was a man of integrity. He walked the paths of righteousness. He walked the paths of wholeness. He didn't double in sin. You see, sin will quickly take the presence of the Lord away from you. See, the presence of the Lord is manifest by the Holy Spirit. When you have the Holy Spirit upon your life, you have the presence of God. When you do the things that please God, you separate yourself from things that defile man. You know, like, you know, uh, drinking and smoking. Those who make your temple be a bit, you know, unpleasant to the Lord. It's not something I believe, the sin that can put you out of hell, but it will quench the spirit of the Lord in you. See, then people go about to do debauchery things, adultery, they go stealing, they go do crazy stuff. Things like that will totally separate you from the Lord. And so when God has called you as a child of God, you repent and you are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Your blood, your, 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 your life, is, you know, is actually, you, you are made a new, a new creature in Christ Jesus. For the Bible says in Second Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All the things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. So once you are born again, you become a brand new person. God fills you with his spirit. The anointing of the Lord lives upon you. That's why you can do things. And God will bless you. The key factor to be to stay blessed is to shun the evil of this world, to walk that tightrope with the Lord with integrity, to always thank God for what He has done for you heretofore, to all to praise His name and to worship Him and to tell the Lord, Lord, look, there's nobody I'm gonna save except You. To give a preeminent position in the Lord, to, to to ascribe glory to the name of the Lord, to give him honor and glory and to praise his name continually is the key to stay in the presence of God. The Bible said, 
Enoch was not, for God took him. That means this man walked with God and he was not, for God took him. So I challenge you, beloved ones, that this ministry of the Word of Life Bible Church Fellowship International, we need partners. I need you to partner with us. You know, just send me an email to bishopmwamba at outlook.com and I'll get your mail and I'll respond to you. Or you can write to Word of Life Bible College. You want to be a student. You want to study. Because we're going to do the long-distance uh, training. I'll be training students on long-distance study. What we're going to do is we're going to record videos. Professors will record videos with the teachings. We pack them up on, 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 on DVDs and then send them out. So each lesson, uh, a subject might have 16 to 20 videos. You know, like introduction to the Old Testament or introduction to the New Testament, or New Testament survey, the Book of Romans. We have a professor that will teach on the video, cap all the teachings. We package it and send it to where you are. But for you to participate, you have to send us an intent of becoming a student, and the cost of you to become a student at Word of Life Power College Distant Learning is $800. $800 will get you through the cost because, you see, we got to package videos for you. we got to get these materials posted. Postage is expensive. we got to give you key textbooks and let you know about key textbooks that you need. But there are some materials we're going to, you know, typeset and then print out and send them to you. All this costs money. Okay. So for you to study at the World of Life Bible College, you need to pay $800. We can have it as a one-time payment, or you can break it up and pay in four installments. You see, you can pay 200 then second month 200 which is 400 the third month 200 which is 600 and the last month you pay another 200 which will be totally, a total of $800. So this is how much it will cost. Those who study uh, we'll give you a, an exam at the end of the course, although you'll be doing these uh, uh, assignments, which will be graded, and your grade is going to be kept in our uh, files here, and we're going to monitor your progression. You've got to score a certain uh, amount of scores for you to get credit for the course that you're doing. And then once you've done all the courses that we offer here at uh, World of Life Bible College, Distant Learning, let you graduate. If you can come to Dallas, whilst we have the students, or lively students who are here, or even students who are distant learners, and they'll come and join us, we can book a venue where we can hold a graduation ceremony. And so you can come wherever you are and graduate from our Bible college. We give you a diploma, or a degree as we go on in our study. This is going to be a, 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 a a year we're going to give diplomas for those who study extensively and also give an associate of us degree for those who do two years of study with us here at the Word of Life Bible College. And then the bachelor's degree in theology will be given for students who study with us for three years. It's an intensive training, but it's profitable. And I challenge you to be part and parcel of what God is doing here in Dallas. He support this work in this city. This is your city. God has gifted us here in Dallas, all of us, to stand at his feet and to be equipped for the work of the kingdom. Well, next.
next time I'll try and see if I can get my wife, Tarina, to come and share the word of God with you, or to come and say hello to you. But watch out. I'll be having talk show uh, 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 episodes uh, coming on this week. And watch out on the web, uh, on Facebook, or other, uh, uh, you know, uh, networks. Actually, either Facebook or Twitter. You look out for my postings, because I'll let you know when the talk show is going on. Once you send me an email, please uh, let me know your intention, what you want to do. If you want to study at the World of Bible College, then I can know. We need to know so we can prepare for the students that the Lord is going to give us. It's exciting, man. It's exciting, dear brothers and sisters, and ladies and gentlemen, for you to join us in this great work here in Dallas. I want to pray a prayer as we wind up our dialogue and Bible study for today. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we do bless and thank you for the wonderful time that we have had together. I've had a jolly good time with the brethren who have been listening to me on this broadcast here on Talk Shoe Radio. Talk Shoe Community Radio broadcast. Lord, I pray this community call will be continued. We're going to have another community call where we're going to have more participants who are going to participate in this particular uh, undertaking. I pray for those who are going to listen to the tapes, that you bless them, you build them up in the most holy faith. Bless us, Master, and give us wisdom to handle ourselves well and to do the will of God. I ask it in Jesus' mighty name, with thanksgiving. As everybody agreed with us and said, Amen. Amen. Well, beloved one, well, this is Bishop Dr. Lawrence Wamba, signing off here in Dallas, Texas, and saying, we'll meet you and talk to you again next time. God bless you, and be blessed, and bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.